Are you ready to bounce back better? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. So are you one of those amazing ladies whose kindness was used against you in a toxic relationship? Hey guys, I'm Sarah K. Ramsey and we're here for day one of our um, happy healing Christmas or holiday season. And I'm really excited to bring to you guys each day um, now through Christmas Eve, a different topic on healing. I know the holidays can be really tough, um, especially if it's your first holiday alone. I remember that lovely Christmas day that I did not want to get out of bed um and i think i would just like zoned out the entire day like i spent the whole day i didn't even like i wasn't like drinking or anything like that it was just like literally just in the bed um just with the depression and sadness and come a long way since then and i'm so grateful for that i want to help you guys on your own healing journey as well and make it as short as possible because what i see so often is that women get really stuck in the processing phase and um you know, when you think about traditional ways of healing, it's kind of like, well, time heals all wounds, talk it out. And if you just talk it out long enough, then, you know, it'll fix itself or time will heal all wounds. And the problem with that is then the toxic person becomes the main radio station in your head, right? Whether it be toxic partner, parent, whoever it is, toxic people train us to think about them instead of thinking about ourselves. So you start to anticipate their needs. You wonder what's going to make them happy and you stop asking those questions about yourself. And some people call it codependency. Um, and that's not, I, I don't like those words like codependency and trauma bonding and some of those things because it makes the bridge to healing feel very, very long. And I want the bridge to happiness to be as short as possible and that processing stage to be as short as possible for women instead of this very long, drawn out process and this processing of just talking about them and talking about them and talking about them and talking about them because that means the main radio station in your head isn't your own. It's the toxic parent. It's the toxic partner. It's, um, I, I remember <laughs> it wasn't one Christmas I was depressed. It was, you know, toxic people tend to ruin everything, right? So they always find some reason to fight or, um, bring something up or, you know, because the holiday seasons, believe it or not, are not about the toxic people. Um, and so they want everything to be about them, right? So they turn it and turn it. And so that the day becomes about them instead of about celebrating, instead of about connecting. Because to a toxic person, what they, what their version of love is, is control. Your version of love is connection and their version of love is control. So if they are not in control of the holiday, then they raise a ruckus to um, turn your radio station back onto their channel rather than um, experiencing your own channel, experiencing your own happiness, experiencing your own dreams. Yes, exactly, Destiny. Experiencing your own life. And so when we think about traditional ways of healing, well, just talk about it, you know, talk about what happened, obsessively study narcissism, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that is very useful for a short amount of time but it is not helpful for years and years and years and years because it actually feeds the addiction to the toxic person because your life is about the toxic person, not about yourself. 
and healing can easily become a hobby if we let that processing phase stay longer and longer and longer. I'm getting a little crazy here. Um, yes, Destiny, they set the stage for that Christmas. They are like, oh, no, no. I'm, how can I control the situation? How can I make them, ha uh, you know, keep that? They want that radio station on them um, and not on yourself. And so if you're in the process of healing from something, um, you know, one of the things Nikki did is learn how to change that radio station, learn how to change it off the toxic people channel. Because what happens is we start realizing that it's not just usually just one toxic person in our life, but it kind of can become a pattern. And that pattern is what I want to talk to you guys about today. Because I think if you had been good, kind, loving, giving, and forgiving in a healthy relationship, no one would call you codependent. But if you're good, kind, loving, and giving in a toxic relationship, people call it, they call it uh, trauma bonding, um, codependency. And when you start putting labels like codependency and trauma bonding, that bridge to healing can become very, very long. And there was a post in a, a different Facebook group that really caught my eye because it said, oh, you know, I hate that he's with her. I think about him all the time, you know, all that kind of stuff. And all these comments were like, oh, you're trauma bonded, you're trauma bonded, you're trauma bonded. And it's like, okay, <laughs> when you start using words like trauma bonded, it can become heavy and insurmountable. And oh my gosh, will I ever get better? And will things ever turn around for me? Will I ever experience happiness? And so I actually commented about the changing the channel and several people have actually are in this group now. They may be watching this um, from that conversation in a different group yesterday because it's really just about changing the channel. Because if you, if the toxic person is the most exciting thing in your life, then when you take that out of your life, because toxic people are pretty exciting, right? Even if they're horrible, they're pretty exciting. They, we kind of get used to living in drama and the ups and downs and that pain and, you know, all those, all that stuff that we're all familiar with. And it can be very, um, oh, absolutely, Sharon. I agree completely about the empathetic types of personalities. And it's amazing the similarities of the, the people that I've worked with. And most of them have some type of spiritual practice um, that includes forgiveness and kindness and trying to be a good person. And in the book, The Sociopath Next Door, the uh, there's a quote in there from a sociopath. And he said, I love do-gooders because they do me so much good. Because if you are, there's an article I wrote about um, Ted Bundy. <laughs> Actually, you can check it out on Medium and I can post it here in this link, in the link to the comments once I share the video. But basically, Ted Bundy would get women to help him. He would pretend to be on crutches and he would drop a book and um, he would have women help him, but then he would like take him in the woods and kill them. It's just terrifying. And that is what I see so often is that it's not in toxic relationships necessarily that your weaknesses were used against you. It's really that your strengths were used against you. I, I'm sure you can um, identify with what I call smart girl syndrome, which means you had never met a problem you couldn't fix. So you thought with enough work, with enough effort, with enough love, you could fix your toxic person as well. And that can keep us stuck in something for years, whether it be a parent or coworker or boss or a friend. You just think, oh, if I'm just kind enough, eventually it will be my turn. If I just um, anticipate their needs enough, they won't be mad. If I just get it right, then they will love me. And that is such a, it's such a sad dynamic. But what I want to help you do is flip that. That's a really different 
place that you were coming from, a place of strength, rather than, oh, I'm codependent and I'm trauma bonded and I'll never get over it. And, oh, I just, the rest of my life is ruined and it's going to be a healing journey for the rest of my life and I'll never get over it. And I have all these scars that I'll never, I mean, like, I see that all the time in like people who I really respect um, and some different, not necessarily like uh, toxic relationship specialists like I am, but people who have been through something and then started some type of ministry or some type of work with charity or something or something like that. And then they talk about their scars will last forever. And I'm like, mm, my scars aren't lasting forever. I wanted to be done with that and move on <laughs> and not let the next 10 years steal the last 10 years. Um, so whatever your healing journey is, if there's someone who's kind of saying, you know, this is a lifetime journey of healing, um, just decide what you want. If you want to heal for the rest of your life, that is an option for you. If you want to be healed and then have a life, that is also an option for you. And to me, that is a much better option. That's a much stronger option. That's a much happier option. That's much a, it's, it is good on the other side. Life is good on the other side, free from that toxic person without their, their channel being so prominent in your head. Because when you're in that situation, all you can think about is them and their problems and their needs and their wants. And if they're happy with you, if they're not happy with you and what they want you to do or what they think you should do and who they think you should be. It is exhausting, right? Um, and I know you guys, you guys know that. And you're welcome to put that in the comment section about how exhausting that really is. And because I talked to a lady today and she showed me a picture of when she left her relationship, she had hives all over her body. Like the hives started on her arms and showed me pictures like progressive pictures of where these hives got worse um she'd been in a seven-year relationship and uh eventually realized he was cheating on her and there was definitely some verbal abuse as well as um going into some physical abuse and her body was completely rejecting it um and she ended up her hives were so prominent that the doctor was worried that she was going to not be able to breathe anymore and actually die. And because verbal abuse can kill you. Absolutely. Emotional abuse can kill you. It can have some just horribly long-term damaging effects even after you leave. And that's where it's so important to decide not to let that be your entire life, but then to move on. And as, as Destiny said, um, to have a life, you know, you want to have a life, you want to be loved, you want to have love and success after a toxic relationship, you want to take hold of those strengths, that goodness, kindness, loving, um, gentle spirit, and find that inner warrior, right? And um, use those techniques to build a life you are excited about living. So I hope that helps. If you uh, have any questions for me, you can private message me. Um, I love to answer them or put it in the comments and I'll obviously be coming back and checking this out. And I'm really excited about our 12 day adventure and I'll be coming at you tomorrow with another live and the next day and the next day and the next day. And you can check out those topics and obviously all the recordings will be in the group. And I am excited to be here with you this Christmas season. Um, I would love if you have any questions, everyone is suspect. <laughs> what do you mean by that, Elizabeth? That everyone could be, tell me more about that and I'll answer it. Um, 
but yeah, destiny, that whole wanting to have a life. And that's so important. Um, you don't want to just get out of a toxic relationship. You want to have a life. And those are, um, Merry Christmas. Uh, those are two different things. Wanting to have a life and wanting to get out of a toxic relationship are two different conversations and drastically different conversations, which is why I started my Wondrous Woman program because I saw lots of people leaving toxic relationships, um, but I was disappointed at the quality of life after those toxic relationships. Yeah, and Elizabeth said they're all potentially toxic. I had a coaching call with um, one of you lovely ladies who will remain anonymous as always, uh, but the uh, she talked about having someone um, with trust issues. Like she said, oh, do you know, do you have any meditations or anything for me to work on my trust issues? And I was like, uh, so bye, Destiny. Um, I'll probably message you about some of the stuff you said, Destiny. She talked about uh, being worried about trust issues and she wanted to get a meditation and kind of get some things going to help her with her trust issues. And I was like, wait. So this person actually cheated on you and this person actually lied and this person did this and this person did that. And she said, yes. I said, so why is the problem your trust issues? It seems like you need to figure out who is trustworthy and how to tell when someone is trustworthy and how to trust your intuition in that and how to make decisions based on that information. That seems like a lot better path to working on your trust issues because that can be denial. Like we can fall back into denial. We can fall back into, you know, ah, I see destiny. Um, we can fall back into denial. We can fall back into, oh, it's fine. It's not that bad. I'm strong enough to take it. You know, whatever that may be, that's a dangerous place. You don't want to trust everyone. <laughs> that's a bad strategy. And and you see that when it flipped around, it, be, it was her problem. Like the problem was her trust issues. The problem, she didn't come to me and saying, everyone I've been with has not been trustworthy. In her head, she'd flipped it to, she needed to work on her trust issues. She did not need to work on her trust issues. She needed to work on finding people who were trustworthy and knowing what that meant and knowing what that looked like. In the group coaching, we had a uh, Q&A call and one of my private clients actually had from a, long, from a while back, about a year ago, we'd finished about a year ago, had jumped on that, that group call and golly, she was like naming off these people in her life that she recognized as toxic just right at the beginning and I almost started crying. Like I was so happy for her and so pleased and so proud of the woman she had become compared to when, you know, her and I had first talked and she had so many toxic people in her life that were trying to, you know, past relationships, um, just so many people, toxic work situations. And when she was able to recognize nearly instantly that this person was toxic, that is power that saves you from all kinds of pain um, and she's still good she's still kind she's still loving she's still giving she's still forgiving she's still sweet she's just savvy too and uh, becoming sweet and savvy is a powerful powerful thing so um you don't so if you're one of these people who's like oh my gosh i need to work on my trust issues i would love to flip that around for you and say you know it might be better to work on knowing how to find who is trustworthy and how to recognize whether or not they are trustworthy. That is a much more useful skill than um, trying to trust everyone or learning to trust everyone. Because if people have been untrustworthy, you are not the problem. If someone is untrustworthy, they are the problem. Now, 
your problem becomes learning how to know the difference, right? Um, so that is what I want to encourage you guys to do. And I hope you have a great day. And I cannot wait to check you check on you again tomorrow for the um, live event tomorrow. Have a great day. Hello, wonderful. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that you found something that will either help you get past your past, get real about your present, or get serious about your future. Hopefully, it's all three. If you're not already in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, consider this your invitation. There are tons of lives, tons of tips and tricks to help you bounce back better. Have a great day.